One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis and I am joined by Lou Cohen. Hello, Swarf Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. How the devil are you? I think the better question is how the devil are you? Lou Cohen, the only person <laughs> I know of this year to have fallen victim to the common cold. Well, yeah, me and my wife were actually talking about this over the holiday periods. The being like, isn't it weird that neither of us have like gotten ill over Christmas? Because like we usually do. Well, you know, like you hear that people usually do. And, you know, she quite wisely, because she's a very wise person, said, that's because no one's getting on public transport. You're not going into shared offices. It's literally just me and you. So it's it's very like it, it makes total sense that neither of us have become ill. And then I thought, yeah, maybe we'll just never get colds again. And now <laughs> the hubris. I, I think the hubris has got to me because I am now uh, I, I woke up this morning and my throat was incredibly scratchy. Awesome for a job where you've got to talk a lot for a living. Mm. Um, and I have now got a box of strepsils strawberry Uh-oh. sugar free and i'm also loading myself up on hall's soothers hot damn you are prepared yeah. uh is this just are you sort of gonna preserve all of your energy and voice to rant about raw for an hour and oh, then pass out oh, it'd have been so much better if it wasn't if it was a good show and I wouldn't have to talk yeah. quite as much, but unfortunately, because it's because it's a bad show, I'll have things to say. Mm. Uh, I and, don't know about you, you, but get... lo- lo- lozenges uh, give me give me a funny tummy. Do they now? Is it because you I don't know why men? that is? Maybe I do. Maybe I overdo it. I've I have a worry that I mean I've had four already since about eleven. Oh damn! That's one an yeah. hour. I know. Well, I, well, I, 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 I mean, I chugged two of them right at the start, just because like, my chain... phone was so sore. Your chain lozenging. I think I was, yeah. Although the strepsils ones, because they've got, um, I think they've got like paracetamol on them. You can't do those, like you can't mainline them. Mm. So I've only had two of those, um, you know, with the two-hour gap in between. Um, but yeah, and, I, and unfortunately as well, you, you made the the idea that I could just 
do this podcast and then be done with the rest of the day. Unfortunately not, because I've got to play D&D tonight and you and I have got a meeting. After yeah. This where and like I will have to say something. Like there's going to be a que- <laughs> there'll be a question I have because I'm that guy. I'll have to, I'll have a question. I I think like of all the meetings that we have, uh, just just it's not an internal meeting, fellow listeners. It is a meeting with a company we work with. On on those particular meetings, we all know who it is. He's not on our side. He's going to talk for all of us. <laughs> yeah we don't have to say a word <laughs> and like because he kind of like he talks a lot and i'll have thought of something to say but by the time he's finished i'll have forgotten what it was and i really should just start writing them down well i do write them down uh because i don't know if you say i have my notebook uh to my side when we're on these calls and i will write all the questions and thoughts i have and i'm not kidding by the time he's done with his 15-minute very interesting monologue, I'm like, I can't even get... What do I start with? And before <laughs> I've got a chance, he's onto something else. Yeah, something else has triggered him, and he's off on mm. another thing. Another 15 minutes later. So anyway, I mean, so yeah, maybe that will give me a bit of respite on the old uh, the voice. I could just chug, I would just mainline some, uh, like the, uh, like Italy, am I right? Like the, the guy in Italy, I'll just mainline come the lozenges. Come on, come <laughs> on. So we recorded uh, Wrestle Talk After Dark yesterday, and Abby, a social media manager, very staunch, um, uh, Eurovision fan, and I've got to be honest, I'm sure a little bit drunk at three in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> the Wrestle Talk After Dark podcast, it's tradition to have a drink, an alcoholic beverage with the recording. I think Abby had had a few before she started. <laughs> it was bringing me immense joy. Oh, I cannot wait. Cannot wait to hear this because I'm on this month. I can't wait to hear it. She did long shooting rants of the corniest variety, uh, Jim Cornette variety, which were brilliant, on peas, which I apparently she's done before. She has it. Yep, she's cut promos on peas before. Uh, Eurovision. Uh, mm-hmm. She loves Eurovision, but she hates the trumped up sensation conspiracy theories behind uh, this particular Italian accusations of... Uh, of drug use yeah she, she i mean kept, you've seen, she you've kept seen. on going oh yeah that, that's not how one takes cocaine no i mean why do you he put, no, no. He put his head down to a table yeah that, what that was very far away from the table and he had both hands as fit look i've had this <laughs> argument yesterday and the the thing that came to was look watching the footage that was available to all I think it's safe to say no one knows. I would lean on the side of he wasn't doing it. But if someone watches that and goes, he was definitely doing drugs, enough to cause a Twitter storm. Who's watching that video and thinking that's concrete proof to make accusations? You are. You are the problem. (laughs) You live on Twitter. Oh, you're as bad as the trolls. I was just making a pop culture reference. I was just making a <laughs> reference to the times that we are in. Oh my god! So I... we we did the uh, we did the live stream board game club on Sunday. Did you watch my one? 
Oh, did, oh, did I ever? Uh, I was, yeah, I, I was tuning in for, like, for the start of it so I could see you play some games. And then, I obviously, I was on for a couple of hours myself, mm. and I also watched uh, throughout the day because it was very, very enjoyable. Well, at one point, when we were playing Wavelength, I had Popular and Elitist at the extremes. And it was, you know, it was a little bit over to Popular. And I thought, hmm, Robbie Williams is the most popular thing I can think of. So if I scale that back here, Amanda Holden. And I just said Amanda Holden, thinking Brennan's got talent, boom, boom, boom. And Adam said, well, you know, Amanda Holden, she's not super popular, but she, she's not elitist. She's very sort of mainstream. And he put it bang on the money where the four was. And then Tom, who never, ever consumes celebrity news, just so the one time he has ever been on Twitter has seen the Amanda Holden fallout from Eurovision that I was not oh aware of. No, I didn't know about, about this. That. Oh my God, I'd forgotten. Because I even saw it. She came and I was like, oh, Amanda, what were you thinking? And Tom, famously like against any engagement with celebrity culture, knows everything about this. And he's like, well, she said this. About I'll do Tom's voice. Well, she said this about Europe. And... Uh, I can construe that as elitist. And they put it in the frickin'. He talked Adam round. Oh, it was so maddening. Although, in fairness to Tom, and perhaps to Adam as well, um, you are a Eurovision fan. So perhaps Tom was thinking, Ollie is just like, he is so mainlined into Eurovision. He went to a Eurovision party on the Saturday night. He's probably going to be thinking that as like his sort of like base level of pretty much anything that's going mm. on. Yeah, I guess so. Did you watch Eurovision? Uh, I we did not. No, we watched Army of the Dead. Oh, how was that? Well, I'll talk about that in the outro, shall I? Because let's talk <laughs> about something terrible first off. Here is Monday Night Raw. Who looks at the talented female roster that WWE has and goes, let's build this division around Reginald. I'm Mr. Davis, joined by lukewarm Lou Cohen. We are reviewing last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. We thought last week was a little bit better, I thought. Right back to the crap train. Raw is is rubbish, spelt with a W. Uh, repetitive, awful wrestling is another word to describe the acronym. It's it's it got it's this is this was a terrible episode. Many reasons for it to be terrible, but by far the worst was both aspects of the women's division. So the tag title scene and the women's title. Good God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would also, was it, the, was it the worst thing on the show or was the Drew Kofi stuff the worst thing on the show? At least the Drew Kofi stuff was a good match. This was by far, honestly, the Rhea Ripley beat the clock challenge, which we'll get into very shortly, I think is up there with Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke backing up a ramp and winning against oh, yeah, Nia no. Jax and Shayna Baszler. Not going to argue on that one because it was bad, like damagingly bad, awful, like un unfathomable, unfathomable how that was written down on a piece of paper. And someone was like, 
Yeah, that'll do. That that works. That totally gets everyone over mm-hmm. in that aspect. But yeah, the Drew Kofi stuff, man, dro- drove me nuts. 40 minutes just to waste my time. But at least it was good. Anyway, please give us a subscribe if you haven't already. We've got Double or Nothing predictions coming. We've got the NXT review podcast tomorrow. We've got the Double or Nothing live reactions coming this Sunday as well. And also get in your hyper chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. But first, if you haven't seen more, let me just try and describe to you how they booked the Raw Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley. And by God... WWE really resent the fact that she's champion. So there's a backstage segment. Charlotte's there. She's the star. Remember, no one else is. Rhea Ripley walks in. Rhea Ripley is not good at doing backstage scenes. Very stilted, very wooden. It makes her less cool. And who's meant to be... Actually, before... Who's meant to be the baby face? Okay, so I think... I believe... Ripley is supposed to be a babyface now. I think the Thunder the Thunderdome crowd are being told to cheer her. They were told to cheer originally, then they were told to boo her, and then went back to cheering, and they were cheering for a couple of weeks, then booing again at WrestleMania. And then they were booing after WrestleMania, and I think they're cheering her again. This is what like the, the director of the Thunderdome is telling people to do. So that's how WWE perceive them. So I believe at this point, she's supposed to be a babyface. Everyone's a babyface apart from Charlotte Flair, who's the heel. Potentially a tweener. Like Asuka's the babyface, but she's not in this feud anymore. Charlotte's definitely the heel. And Rhea is in the middle with no character. Like what? What is her character? She's the Raw Women's Champion and a wrestler. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something else she is going by. You know, the, the little facts on the graphics that they have when they enter. Uh, she's just 24 years old. <laughs> well, that's the that's the impressive thing, isn't it? Look how young she is. Look how much talent there is here. Look, at such a young age, and we're squandering it to the best of our ability. Are you proud of us yet? Anyway, Charlotte and Rhea are having this backstage segment, and Nikki Cross pops in. Love Nikki Cross. She's just come back after a lengthy period not wrestling, not because she's injured or anything, but because WWE just don't have anything for her, despite her being one of the more over acts in the entire company last year, and there being a ready-made storyline there with Bliss. Anyway, she was a lumberjack last week in a men's match, and now she was at a lumberjill, and now she comes here and she's like, oh... Come on, beat me, scrappy-doo. And this created, a, in a very contrived way, a beat-the-clock challenge of two minutes of Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Cross. There's a big clock on the screen that says two minutes. Rhea just toys with her at the, at, at the start, and then she gets a little bit annoyed that Nikki Cross makes a comeback, just starts beating her up loads, and the time expires Oh, ha, no, she's lost. They put it over on commentary that Rhea Ripley was so mad that Nikki Cross fought back that she forgot the gimmick of the match and she was just focused on beating Nikki Cross up. So, so Rhea Ripley, your champion, is an idiot, is a massive, and a hit, and is a massive idiot. So she was so mad that a wrestler was trying to have a wrestling match with her that she lost the wrestling gimmick match that she was having because she forgot the rules of it. And then Nikki Cross, who just got beaten up lows, escapes from the ring and is cheering around ringside like she's just won the world title. 
it made Nikki Cross look like an absolute goof. And, and Rhea Ripley's in the ring being like, oh, crikey, mate. Sorry, I shouldn't do the accent. We've been told off for doing the accent. Uh, being like, We're punching crikey. sideways. It's fine to do the accent. Being like, crikey, mate. I can't believe that I forgot the gimmick of the match. And then Charlotte Flair, who, as you said correctly, like, here is what you need to know about the Raw Women's Division. There is one star, and that star is Charlotte Flair. Everyone else is just in the way. Everyone else is actually just an annoyance to WWE because they're not Charlotte Flair. So Charlotte Flair is the only, only wrestler that can be made to look competent. And she was made to look competent. So she walks out after Ripley loses with the smug on her face being like, told you you're an idiot. And Rhea was like, yeah, I guess I am an idiot. And Nikki Cross on the outside being like, ha, she's an idiot. And Charlotte does not even pay her no mind because she thinks that Nikki's an idiot as well. Yes, there's multiple damaging things here, obviously. The fact that Nikki, who, you know, someone we all do like, I think she's like one of those people who is genuinely over with the audience, as opposed to ironically like Tamina. And we want something good for her. And it's become very apparent very, very quickly that, nope, WWE never saw anything in her, and that isn't going to change. So that's depressing point number one. Depressing point number two is yes, that later on, we get another Charlotte and Asuka match. Charlotte wins. She's now the number one contender for Rhea Ripley's championship. So it really is like one-on-one, but you've, you've just had your babyface champion kind of humiliated, look rubbish, and wrestle a match in a heelish way against someone who was very clearly presented as a babyface in Nikki going against Charlotte. Like the psychology, if this is the most technically inept. Like you think of like just basic fundamentals of wrestling psychology this was completely wrong it's yeah this insultingly bad and then on the other end of things we just had straight up bad in the main event which was Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax getting another shot at the titles they lost the tag titles with Tamina and Natalia who are now the champions so just to recap what happened here, Shane, this was the main event of the show, by the way. Can't believe this was. I literally could not, I could not believe my eyes that this was the main event of the show. Raw is lacking in star power right now without Randy Orton on that card. Bloody hell is it lacking star power. Well, I just assumed it had been bumped when it was like <laughs> 10 minutes to the end of the show. I just thought, oh, okay, they've, they've done that thing they always do. They've just scrapped something while the show is going on because it was pre-announced, but they never said it was going to be the big show closing match. Uh, anyway, they're backstage. Shane and I are Reginald and Shana says, stop interfering in matches. Rightly so. You're a nuisance. And Reginald's like, mm. and they come out, they have the match two minutes in. Despite being shown backstage watching on, Reginald comes down. Reginald distracts people. Shayna shouts at Reginald, even though that's doing more distraction damage than Reginald just being there. Reginald like walks to the back, but pfft, the same thing as last week. Pyro explodes at the top of the stage. Unfortunately, it didn't kill him. Kayfabe. I'm saying kayfabe. Unfortunately, it didn't kayfabe kill Reginald. It only blinded him. And he just cowers there on the on the ramp. Shayna's distracted by this, although the, the distraction spot had already happened. So what's the point there? Natalia gets that sweetest of babyface wins. The distraction roll up, how heroic! And then Shayna comes up the ramp, gets Reginald, and the big show closing cliffhanger angle to build next week's Raw is her saying, 
I will kick the crap out of you next week. We're going to have a match. So we're going to get Reginald and Shayna next week. Okay, so I'm just going to put this out there first because I want to talk about the other stuff uh, as well on this. This is going to get me heat. I know it's going to get me heat because I think people are ironically into Tamina. Tamina is horrible. Tamina has got two things that she does. The super five splash and the super kick. Neither of which she does well. Look at this image. This is Tamina doing yeah, a super bad. kick on Shayna Baszler. Look at it. That's... That was so in that image, that's Natalia sort of what was it like a, a, a monkey flip flapjack thing into Shayna into the super kick. And yeah, she just completely whiffed it. Yeah. So this was and this match fell apart as soon as it came down to Tamina and Nia Jax. It's actually quite good when it was Shayna and, Nat- and Natty because they're yeah. really great. So they were doing some really good wrestling. Then they get the hot tag to Tamina and Nia. This match falls apart like no one's business. And then, yeah, we get the ending that you talked about there, which was just like, I mean, I don't know why I'm so mad. It was literally the same finish we got last week, only that was on the turnbuckles and this was on the stage. So I guess it's different. And I could not care about Shayna beating up Reginald because I literally saw this storyline this year. Just a few months ago, we were doing this storyline. How are we doing this again, but with different characters and the same central annoyance? This is un- ungodly bad. And like, I, I mean, I suggested to you that we should call this episode of the podcast Raw is a Waste of Time. And you talked me down from that into. Why is that? I agree. (laughs) I just think we should focus on the women's division. (laughs) So, like, why is WWE women's division so bad? So, here's my theory. And this is what I said about AEW last week. You know, when you were like, it feels like AEW aren't in that hot period they were from like December through to April. And I said, well, maybe it's because they're waiting to get back on the road. Mm. They're just waiting until I think that WWE are now in the exact same position. They're like, well, we're back on the road in July. So, why do anything good on telly now? Because we can do the good stuff on telly when fans are back in the arena. What that does mean, however, is that the next two months of TV is just going to be a waste of time. Because I don't think WWE are in the mindset of doing good television at the moment until fans are back. What a great way to build excitement for having fans back as well by putting on a crap product. This is so WWE of them. We should also say that the uh, implied reason, you know, the person who hit the pyro was once again Alexa Bliss and Lily. They were backstage, uh, reportedly, but just not used on the show. Sorry, I thought you meant like they weren't like a, a backstage shot or something like, no, like when Liddy's just no. hanging out. I, otherwise, I completely missed it. Yeah, no, she just wasn't on this show. Really could have done with her in that main event because bloody hell, like this third hour was lacking in star power. And that's look, it's gone <laughs> that bad where we're like, well, but we need a bliss in her nonsense supernatural gimmick. So yeah, it looks like I mean maybe Shayna and Nia will break up after all of this. I'm definitely ready for that, but also. That means we're kind of getting Shayna in the direction of Alexa Bliss, which will, you know, just just feed the most talented wrestler on the roster potentially to the Alexa Bliss horrible gimmick, and then they can build on from there. Mom. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the WrestleTalk podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscaped.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling our hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and... I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow. Oh God, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9,000 RPM motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23 degree angle, water resistant tech, and a lithium iron battery that lasts so long I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it. So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your Manscaped routine to include the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks, Manscaped, for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Before you someone jump saying, in, I'm going to get onto the hyper chats. Okay, so someone is saying that Lily was backstage in a couple of shots. Was the, well, well, great. I didn't see that. 
Right. Hyper chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Get them in. We'll read them all out before the end of the show. Michael Rivera. The women's tag division on WWE is the worst thing in WWE because it is clear they do not care for it. You can say the same thing about the women's division. As soon as Ronda left, they clearly stopped caring. Hashtag treat your women better. I, it was a, I think it was a big hit of Ronda, Becky and Charlotte all sort of going in the in the same well, I know it was a year, but Becky and Charlotte, they definitely did focus on those. Uh, yeah. The Portuguese it Mr. Is, Davis. It is, it is no it is no <clears throat> coincidence that they have not done Evolution 2 since Ronda left. I mm. think if Ronda was still here, we definitely would have had a second pay-per-view. The Portuguese Mr. Davis. Regarding the women's division overall, I think the Lacey Evans pregnancy and Flair's fake pregnancy really dragged a division which was already being terribly booked. The fake pregnancy was, of course, behind-the-scenes stuff. It wasn't a storyline. Uh... And also Reginald being there helped the division being so badly booked. Yeah, I think he's obviously someone Vince finds very funny, and that is to the division's detriment. Portuguese Mr. Davis again. Hi, lads. Thought this was your average show equals terrible. Thought this was... What does that mean? Um, I think what he is saying there is that it's an average show, therefore it's bad? Or like it's a oh, bad was... show, but it's average by like comparison to other weeks. Maybe. I think WWE should just send the women's tag titles to NXT. At least they'll be, they've got their own now. Yeah, I was going to say, and I don't think that's going to help matters because well, they've just had the same matches as well because they've only got mm. a handful of teams. So they're just having the same matches and finitum. Uh, at least they'll be good to use something unrelated. I hate Verk, the commentator, with a passion. Everything he says makes me mute the show. He's so bad. Love you. Love you too. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Thanks for watching Raw so we don't have to. I watched AEW, which was really good and had a Rapongi Vice reunion. Yes, Rocky yeah, Romero. It did. Seems like he's. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Also, on Cajun page spotting, there was an underwhelming one page. Uh, jam that jam. And good luck, Luke and Oliver, on Quizzlemania. You'll need it. Hashtag intangibles. We'll get into that in a few Super Chats time. Also, thank you to Betty Boy, who I was just about to make reference to this, uh, but apparently Bliss might have missed the show as her pig, uh, Larry Steve, died. Um, Yeah, that was good. Yeah, but she was backstage. Um, So I saw that as well, but apparently PW Insider, like, she was fine to work. Um, Luke Thomas. All right, lads, I've just finished school last week, so I have a bit more time on my hands, so I thought I'd tune into a bit of a roar. A match to decide the number one contender for the WWE title... Ended in a DQ. I turned it off and went to bed. Well, hear it's about right, this very Luke. shortly. But this was it's the right, main. Luke, this was the main you thing can... that annoyed you. Oh, mate! It's but it's also it's finally Thomas. You can watch it again next week. You can watch it. You could just get to see it all over again. You lucky dog. Uh, Magnus, uh, finally for now. I don't watch Raw, but it's fun to see you suffer. Love the fans. I just wanted to say thank you for the 10 plus hours of no rolls barred this Sunday. Those hours flew by on a lazy Sunday. Perfect entertainment. So keep on jamming that jam, you brave get boys. Board. Get, uh, get all your... Board. But this episode of Raw... Uh, started off awful. with so awful. This show was terrible. So this show started off with MVP coming out to intro Bobby Lashley, and I was like, "Is this the same? 
Is this the same <laughs> illegal feed I watched last week? Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. Different it was just lazy writing. Uh, so Bobby Lashley came out with a different selection of women that it's implied MVP have paid for. Uh, but yes, they were different women. So there you go. Uh, yeah. And they came down. He's, he's, he's gone through the last batch. Like, <laughs> Here's some more women to enjoy, Bobby. And they go down. MVP as a heel is like, but before I get on with my heel shtick, WWE will return to touring on July 6th. Like, make uh, the no, commentators no. do that. Ollie, it's not uh, WWE's going back on the road. It's WWE are coming home. That's the new. That's the new branding mm -hmm, they've yeah. got. Every single wrestler in their promo cannot wait to come home uh, and and do some live shows. It's the equivalent of uh, a cheap pop for for marketing. It's like yeah. I cannot wait to come to Denver. <laughs> I cannot wait to come to Arlington, Colorado. Texas. Enter <laughs> uh, city name here. Uh, anyway, MVP, and I'm like, I know what's going to happen. Lo and behold, here's Drew McIntyre. He's in his ring gear. And I love Drew. You love Drew. Love him. They're making me annoyed at having to see Drew because it's the same stuff every week. It's repetitive. He comes down. He's like, well, I want a one-on-one -on -one match with you. I didn't get my one-on-one -on -one rematch. First of all, automatic rematches aren't a thing in WWE anymore. And you had a three, but they're not meant to be. And you had a three-way. So all of this motivation comes from a place of like, it comes off as heelish. The way Drew needs to get that back is he needs to beat loads and loads of other people. And then Adam Pierce goes, your march to the top, back up to the top is relentless. I will grant you another shot. Is Drew a heel right now? Oh, who isn't in WWE? Because like he, he came out and we're supposed to be on Drew's side because he's the babyface. We're supposed to want to see him win back the WWE Championship because he is the babyface and it is being held by the heel Bobby Lashley. So we're supposed to want to see Drew get the belt back. But Drew is such a whiny little, like, I don't mm -hmm. know what the just All he's doing is whinging. And it's like, so WWE, one of the big fundamental problems is they don't know how to book a babyface. And Drew is like, is proof positive that they don't. And then you've got Kofi Kingston come out. Kofi Kingston, by the way, who pinned the WWE champion last week and is not getting a title match off the back of it, even though that's how they kind of set up every other title match that happens within the company. And he comes out and basically says what we're just saying there was like, Drew, mate, you have had chance after chance after chance after chance, and you haven't. Do you know what? I never got a rematch. So I'm now sitting there going like, yeah, Kofi Kingston is 100% right. Drew is definitely wrong. What? How is Drew a babyface then? Drew is... Oh, this would totally work if Drew was a heel character. But he's not supposed to be. He's supposed to be a likable babyface. And he is not coming across as one right now. Adam Pearce then came out and booked a, you guessed it, a number one contenders match between Drew and Kofi right now to uh, decide that. They had a very good match where good Drew match. worked, like really did lean into that heelish idea, just threw Kofi around. Kofi's bumping like a, a madman, got plenty of time. I couldn't get invested in a single goddamn bit because I knew this was going to end in disqualification. Luke. Take it away. Oh, this match went through two commercial breaks. Two commercial breaks with 
Bobby Lashley MVP and the ladies at the top of the ramp in the VIP lounge. And then after a while, just before the second ad break, Drew distracts himself by ignoring former WWE champion Kofi Kingston in the ring and instead focusing on current WWE champion Bob Lashley at the top of the stage being like, Oi, Bobby, yeah, you. I'm going to get your belt. I'm going to win that belt off of you. Bobby's like, what? What did you say to me? So Bobby and MVP then storm down to the ring and they then sit at ringside for the third portion of this match. And that was when I was like, oh man. Like, but I thought this match has gone on for so long. There has to be a finish. And the match keeps going and the match keeps going. And then after a while, Bobby Lashley just gets in and MVP just gets in and they attack both of them. And the referee's like, ah, DQ. 40 minutes of this show were dedicated to that opening segment and that match. Nearly a full hour of this three-hour show were dedicated to this one thing. And it ends in a DQ. And the, the big pinpoint to all of this, the whole like full stop on this, is Adam Pearce going like, oh, we're just doing it all over again next week. So my thought was like, then why did the match for so long? Why did the match have to go through two commercial breaks? The whole point was just set up next week's match. The match may as well gone to one minute because the result would have been the same. Otherwise, and they wouldn't have wasted my time. What you did, however, was just waste my goddamn time watching this horrible, awful show for idiots. And I'm an idiot that watches this show. Every single week, I'm an absolute mug who sits down and wastes my time with this show. The show spent 40 minutes and accomplished nothing. How do you do that? That's incredible. It's actually a feat of like, it's it's a feat of engineering that you managed to waste so much time. Love a long match with a point. And this did not have a point and I hated it. I reckon we'll get the same thing next week because Adam Pierce would later book a rematch for next week and he would ban Bobby Lashley from ringside. If he gets involved, that's a 90 day suspension and a fine. So you think, OK, Bobby probably won't get involved. So someone else will. I think we'll have Mason T-Bar come back. Or maybe reports of an NXT call-up. Or Jinder. Oh, no. Jinder cost Drew the match until we get Kofi versus Bobby at Hell in a Cell. And we do Jinder versus Drew at Hell in a Cell. Hey, it gets him out of the title picture because, like, if Drew wins next week, it's going to backfire massively on Drew because people are kind of into because Kofi feels new again. So people are into Kofi. So Kofi really should be the one to get the win. So yeah, maybe it is just going to be you know Jinder or whoever. But like, surely the thing with Bobby shouldn't just be like you'll be suspended for ninety days without pay. Surely the crucial thing should be there. That means you won't defend the belt for thirty days. We'll have to strip you of the title. Surely that is a much more crucial part of this mm. than not being paid. Well, it's only the first title defense, isn't it? So once you've done <laughs> that, that first title defense. Yeah, no, no, I'm pretty... Because Mick Foley had that fantastic TNA story. <laughs> you only have to defend the title in the first 30 days. Yeah. And he was going to do that against a really easy competitor. And then he was going to take the rest of the year off. <laughs> Um, after that, we got Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Cross that we've already talked about. In the midst of all that, we got Eva Marie. Uh, two video packages again, neither of which was anywhere close to being a babyface presentation. After that, we got Asuka versus Charlotte, which we've already alluded to. Really good match. Uh, they've got match. great in-ring chemistry, solid fundamentals and psychology. Uh, a really nice, like, like Charlotte's 
angle in against Asuka was when Asuka went for a hip attack. Charlotte scouted it because they wrestled so many times, dodged it, took out the leg, and then started working over the leg. I thought it was really nice. Charlotte eventually won rolling through the Asuka lock. Now, the problem here is that it's repetitive. I've seen this so many times. And also, Asuka beat her last week, or Asuka beat Ripley last week. I can't remember. Yeah, so Charlotte gets the title shot now. But where was you know? It just it's none of none of Charlotte's losses ever impact her, which you know you no. might think that's a good thing because hey you know if someone can lose and still be over that's that's good. I don't think it is for Charlotte, and I think that's one of the big bugbears a lot of people have with her because it means her character can never grow. There's never anything to overcome because she will always get the opportunities. Yeah, this um, this proper buries Asuka. This whole thing just mm. completely buried Asuka because what they told you from this segment was Asuka doesn't matter because Asuka pinned Charlotte last week and it means nothing. And Charlotte just gets the pin here and she's announced as the number one contender. So like, why why wasn't Asuka the number one contender when she beat Flair last week? But Flair gets to be now. And this is what going back to what you were saying earlier. Charlotte's the only star of the division. She's the only person who matters. So everyone else just gets squashed and flattened out underneath her. And that's nothing. It's not Flair's fault. I I mean, I I feel like I have to say this on every stream, which I shouldn't have to. But none of this is on Charlotte as a person, as a character. And the way that WWE, the creative direction of Bookta, has made her feel like this crushing force over this division. So Ripley doesn't feel important. Asuka doesn't feel important. Nikki Cross doesn't feel important. None of the women in the tag team division feel important. The only <clears throat> person who does is Charlotte Flair. And that is making people resent her, which is a shame because she's a really great character. She's a really great wrestler. But it makes me never want to see her wrestle again. Because, and it, I didn't really think about it until you said it then, but it's because her losses mean nothing. She lost the, she lost the triple threat at the pay-per-view. Didn't mean anything. She lost last week. Didn't mean anything. She wins here, gets the title shot. Lost the NXT title. Doesn't mean anything, you know? Doesn't mean yeah, anything. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got MVP and Lashley backstage where Pierce told them they can't get involved next week. Then we got Shelton Benjamin versus Cedric Alexander. And they put on this killer video package of their whole journey through the Hurt Business, the tag title reign, and then break up. And I thought, man, this is actually making me excited for this match. I know this isn't a good feud, but hey, okay. And then Cedric comes out. He has this long promo, which I've seen some people take against. I enjoyed it. Uh, Cedric felt very, like, raw, and his, his voice was very gruff, and he was just repeating stuff over and over again. But I liked it. I thought it I thought it felt a bit real. And they had a, a, a decent match, I thought. Sheldon got this excellent no-sell, I'm a pissed-off vet comeback. But Cedric wins. Um, so ultimately, it is 50-50 booking, but maybe, I'm hoping, it's actually WWE putting Cedric over. It's not fit, like, it's not 50-50, they've just forgotten about the other loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they had as well, because they'd never mentioned it in the video package. It was only until mm. Cedric mentioned it in the promo. That's like, oh, it is part of the story that they, they've already had this match. Because they were pretending, like, that video package presented it, that they this is the first time these two have had this match. And um, I... I wasn't a huge fan of the promo. 
I thought his delivery was very good and he was very convincing. The problem is it's the same promo he's been cutting week after week since the breakup. So it was like nothing new was added to the promo. So I was like, cool, I've heard this all before. And he did sound like squeaky voice T uh, at times when he was yelling at uh, Shelton. But the match was really good. Match mm. was great. Shelton's great. Cedric's great. Uh, the other thing as well is that I'm, I'm kind of looking at them both. If Cedric wins, great. And if Cedric wins the next match, great. But like, I'm looking at Angel Garza and being like, you know, what did, what did any of his wins over Drew Gulak mean? That actually, actually turns out nothing. What did mm. Mansoor's big debut actually mean? Eh, nothing really in the end. What did uh, Ricochet getting a good showing against Sheamus mean? Eh, nothing really. So like, we'll get to Ricochet, I guess. But like, it just, like, so if he gets a win over Shelton, cool. But there's no like direction for him. So mm. I, I, I struggle to get kind of excited by it. I think, uh, yeah, well, all of the stuff we're talking about, apart from the main event, we're like the, the in-ring wrestling, the bit that the wrestlers themselves have the most control over and creative input that isn't stopped by the company is really, really of a good standard. Good to mm -hmm. very, very good, almost great. It's all the booking and presentation around it that absolutely sucks. The character portrayals, the finishes for stuff, the angles that just some of the worst wrestling stuff I've ever seen. However, when that when those two match up, when the storyline and the characters match up with the in-ring quality, like we have in this next match, Matt Riddle versus Xavier Woods, it is awesome because they so put good. on by far the best thing on the night, by far one of the best things of the month, maybe. Great singles match. And you don't see Xavier Woods have a singles match very often. And I'm always hit. Like, remember that United States title campaign he went on? Everyone was like, you need Big E to break away. I'm like, give me some Xavier Woods going for a mid-card title. And him and uh, Matt Riddle had a serious match here. Like, Xavier Woods is actually quite big. Mm -hmm. He's, he's yeah. the same height as Riddle. I, I always think he's the small guy. Um, but some great, great suplexes. Oh man, uh, that, no. that catching deadlift suplex was insane in the membrane. It was so cool. Uh, and Death Valley driver on the apron from Woods as well. But the move everyone's talking about was this this beautiful bit when again, like story and match crossover, and that sweet spot of the Venn diagram in the middle. Randy Orton hits an RKO to win. Matt Riddle hits the RKO to win. Oh, what did I say? Randy Orton. That would be less impressive <laughs> or surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, Matt, Matt Riddle, Riddle won. Hit the, hit the RKO to win, which is really, really great. Mm. Oh, loved yeah. this match so, so much. This was phenomenal. You know, you, you said um, the Xavier Woods United States tournament thing, and we were the ones who were pitching for it. Do you remember that you and I, and man, this feels so funny in hindsight, when they did um, a, a member of the New Day is going to be in the gauntlet match and we were like, oh, it's gutted it. And it was Kofi Kingston that started Kofi Mania. And you and I on that SmackDown review were like, gutted it wasn't Xavier Woods. And I really liked it <laughs> to be Xavier Woods. Kofi's great in everything. And I'm, you know, I'm glad Kofi's getting this run, but it really should have been Xavier Woods. What fools we are. Mm. But it's just because I love watching Woods wrestle and he doesn't get to do a lot of singles matches, as you say. So it was really cool to see him do the singles match and it got some time and it felt like it mattered towards something because it felt like it mattered towards their tag team feud and it mattered to the character of Matt Riddle and it mattered to the character of Xavier Woods. Weird that Kofi wasn't there at ringside and neither was Randy Orton, but 
it kind of it meant that we didn't get any distraction nonsense in all of this. It was just two great wrestlers going out and having a great wrestling match that tied into the story, and I absolutely loved it. I agree with everything you just said. How do you think this storyline ties into the main event? Because, of course, we've got Kofi. No, you know what I mean. The men's title. <laughs> um, I Well, I mean, I, I think Kofi is winning next week. So I think this just delays out that tag team match. And you could do that at Money in the Bank, uh, perhaps. Helen the Cell. You think they're going to oh, do no, it? No, no. Helen the Cell is, is the next. next one. Sorry, I keep yeah. forgetting. Uh I I'm concerned. I think it, I I reckon Kofi might lose Kofi because he's in this storyline. Oh man! And when it's Drew like, Lashley again. You reckon it's going to be Drew Lashley? Oh, oh, but it's I mean, in Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Maybe we can get Mick Foley back to be a referee or something. After that, we got uh, just. AJ Styles versus Jackson Riker. So AJ Styles and Amos are now baby faces, despite never having turned, despite having tagged with Elias and Jackson Riker just two weeks ago, not showing any dissension there. Now it's just like they're feuding. This is your raw tag team title feud right now. So incredibly uninspired. And Riker beats AJ Styles in a match that goes all of two, three minutes because Elias did some interference and it's all just a way to set up a Moss coming out to chase Elias and Jackson Riker away. Now, that falls down quite significantly when a Moss can't run at an impressive level. I don't know why WWE do this. They look at a guy who's so incredibly physically impressive, like, like a Braun Strowman or a Moss here, and... That the whole idea of wrestling booking is you accentuate the positives and do you hide any negatives? What WWE do is, oh, okay, you're a big guy. We're going to make you do everything. And one of those, as we've seen with Braun, involves running. And, and typically, larger framed people cannot run as quickly as smaller people. This is a matter of physics. And what happens is you get the large people, Big Show, Amos, Braun Strowman doing these little, little kind of cartoonish, short stepped leg runs. Elias and Jackson Riker had to on purposely slow down so Amos could catch up with them and tackle Elias through the Tron. While Corey Graves is saying like an absolute idiot, and it's not him, but he's being told to do this, making undermining all credibility of the announcers, not that they have any. Oh my God, look at Amos. He is running so fast. I um I wasn't bothered by the Amos stuff. I oh. it's, it's annoying that like he's the focus for me. Jackson Riker pinned AJ Styles in two minutes. Come on, man! And this is again the ineptitude of WWE and babyface booking. Or actually, like they have this idiotic ideal that is as soon as you have a belt, you can just be beaten. And because it doesn't matter. And it's the same that happens with money in the bank. As soon as you win money in the bank, you can just be beaten because, ah, oh, but he's got the money in the bank. So it's okay. And with AJ, it's like, ah, it's fine. He's a tag champion. We can beat him all the time. And all he has done when he went to raw, his gimmick was he's undefeated. 
He is, and we were even like, man, what are they building him to? What are they building towards at WrestleMania? What are the big plans they've got? I was like, it's got to be Triple H. There is no way you're protecting someone this much if it's not for <laughs> someone like Triple H. Turns out it wasn't for anything because the second he went into a tag team feud, just got beaten all the time. Lost to uh, Kofi, lost to Woods, lost to Woods via DQ. In fact, actually, I've got it all here. And you can notice the second he goes into the tag team division, uh, Kofi Kingston beats AJ Styles. Xavier Woods beats AJ Styles by DQ. Xavier Woods beats AJ Styles. Then AJ and Omos win the tag titles and then beat the New Day again. Then they lost the six-man. AJ Styles defeated by Elias by a DQ. And then Jackson Riker defeats AJ Styles. So as soon as he's got a tag belt, as soon as he's in the tag field, they're like, well, you're a tag guy now, so we can just beat you from pillar to post. That's why no one gets over. Because no one feels special or important anymore. AJ Styles is now just a guy. And it's AJ freaking Styles, and he's just a guy now. I thought you were going to use your wand there. <laughs> you don't no, that's get only, wands on the podcast a, no, reviews. You don't, no. Absolutely not. Those are just for the naughty live streams. Uh, and finally, we had Sheamus versus Umberto Carrillo, uh, a match that went a few minutes, and Sheamus won by rolling up the tights. It was good for the amount of time it went, but it didn't get enough time. And afterwards, Sheamus continued to beat up Carrillo, so Ricochet made the save, and the babyfaces did a quite a quite cool beatdown, uh, using very athletic moves on Sheamus, and Sheamus rolled out looking, I'll get my revenge, but I'm also quite scared. Uh, I don't care, because I've seen him beat them both multiple times clean. Yeah. Also, poor Mansoor, man. Like, what was the point of bringing him up? What was the point of that NXT call-up? We've got three hours. Yeah, we have to do 40-minute segments with Kofi and Drew that actually just sets up next week. I hate this show. They called up Mansoor for no reason whatsoever. Brought him up as this big contract. Oh, what a big impressive deal. And DQ lost against Sheamus. Hasn't mm. been on TV since. He was in a bat. He was one of the <laughs> lumberjacks last week. And he's not even back in this feud anymore. Ricochet's taken his spot. Carrillo's in there. But yeah, like you say, I've seen him beat both of them. Ricochet twice, in fact, in the space of 24 hours. So why should I care about Ricochet going for the belt again? I hate this show so much. And then we got the main event, which was even worse. Overall, I gave this a one out of five. As did I. Do you know what? The no. community tab says oh, it's an what average the show. Hell? 40% voted this to be a three oh, out of why? five average show. 26% said it was poor. 27% thought it was a one out of five rawful show. But 40%, nearly half of the audience thought this was an average episode of Raw. But 40% thought it was average. Over 50% thought it was worse than average. So yeah, let's, that's let's just yeah. take that. That's that's, just... Yeah, that's fair. Yep. Two, two on one, split the vote there. Please go over to our Patreon page and become a pledge hammer over there because you'll get our new Summer uh, Slammiversary 2008. Not that, not that, not that either. The Sacrifice 2008. Sacrifice 2008 <laughs> review. I only watched it last Wednesday with me and Luke, the old TNA show where Scott Steiner did his famous 33 and a third promo that's not really featured on the show, but we talk about it and Wrestle Talk After Dark, which I recorded yesterday and. 
our social media manager has a rant about Eurovision, which is very funny. And also, if you donate $25 a month or more on Patreon, you get inducted into our Hall of Fame. Thank you. Yo, Adrian Rocky. Raul, see you later, Lever. The easiest name to pronounce, Josh Razowskis. Robert Spencer, period. Ricardo, the Captain Holt. The Big Bad Dog, Ryan Hansen. The Real Shorty G, Aaron. Ross Pooper, Scooper Cooper. Wrestle Talk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. The Man with the Scoops, Sean. Black and Decker Dane. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 25th of May 2021, <clears throat> what's love got to do with it? Matthew Turner. Of course, also get your hyper checked in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Ding, ding, ding. This is last call for them. Dar Train 24, what is weaker, the booking of Raw or how Mr. Davis takes his tea? The booking of Raw. S. Morgan, fact check on Luke, it'll be Jinder versus Drew in a Punjabi prison match. Well, that would make sense because that's a good way to start the feud and then you can build to a singles match. <laughs> LJ Mickey, let's be clear, I'm not here for the Raw review. I'm only here because I get to watch Mr. Davis and Luke slowly fall into madness because of the bad booking of WWE. Thanks for the content. Jam that jam. Stephen Guzman. During the autumn feud, I started to lose interest in Drew and WWE is getting dangerously close to making me not care about him like they did with Asuka. WWE baby faces are just terrible. They're either all the same, lame, bland or an idiot. Homer Star Fan 13. It was great to see Mike Wozniak pay tribute to Seamus's <laughs> old hair on Taskmaster last week. Anyways, if you could have any wrestler appear on a season of Taskmaster, who would you choose and why? Americans Taskmaster yep. is a show in over here where celebrities and comedians are set silly tasks to do. And it's great. Did you know there are uh, versions of it in other countries? Like they've, huh. um, they've, they've said, like, you know, which is the, what you want from a quiz show is you want the ability to be able to license it out to other countries because there's an Australian version of it and everything. Um, but this is my, my answer to this. It's always the same. Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods is the perfect person to be put onto this sort of show. Sammy Zane. It'd be good to argue with Greg. Mm. There's, there's a lot you can have there. Uh, that one got the rock. That one guy I know, it is amazing how many easy how how many easy to tell stories are completely effed up by WWE creative. Andrew Gronek, Raw is horrible. The only positive thing I can say is that they are finally putting a coming up on NXT this week segment a little too late, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. The war's over. Oh, do you want me to hot tag? Anthony Velasquez said, absolutely, nothing matters in WWE. Definitely on Raw. Nobody gets over. How am I, as a fan, supposed to care about anyone or anything that happens on this show if nobody feels important? If it wasn't for Roman Reigns on SmackDown, I'd probably just watch AEW. Yeah, SmackDown is the exact same problem. The Roman stuff is so, so great. 
Zachary Jenkins said, guys, let's forget about Raw and talk about the amazing card for Double or Nothing. Cody is walking out to the Rocky theme with Sylvester Stallone and Michael B. Jordan flanking him on each side with Arn in the back holding up his lifting belt. And Joe Strike said, what are the best UK wrestling promotions? Um, oh God, there's so many. Uh, I hope the scene starts to open up again. I don't know how many are going to rise out of the ashes of the pandemic, unfortunately. But and, obviously, and NXT UK signing up every single bit of talent that they possibly yeah. can. Uh, Progress, Rev Pro, uh, WrestleGate, of course, Eve, NGW, loads of good ones. Some stupid punk said, do you know what was awesome about wrestling last night? AEW Elevation, two New Japan wrestlers on it as well. Rapongi Vice Reunion. Yeah. Uh, Michael Rivera said, Raw was okay. Was it though? Uh, over the weekend, I saw your guys' uh, TNA Sacrifice 2008 review and your guys' Existential Crisis. If TNA was actually ever good, was awesome. <laughs> Ollie reading the Steiner math promo was so funny. Yeah, that was, uh, we tried to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't, we couldn't solve it. Manny Omega said, update on my CGW takeover. I talked to the superstars. Uh, well, I mean, there's your first mistake, Manny. They're not called superstars. Uh, I couldn't convince any of them to take over your channel. WrestleBot, Captain Luke, and Brother Owen said, no way. And some guy named, named Beastmaster almost killed him, <laughs> throwing in the white flag. Oh, Manny. Good effort, though. Uh, Edward Burke said, I say this once again. Stop hurting yourselves. NS Ogre, when listeners have shown genuine concern for the mental health of our favorite raw reactors for a while now, I'm wondering if us listeners are enabling an abusive relationship. <laughs> we may be the bad eggs. No, in the grand scheme of everything bad, this doesn't really matter. <laughs> we're okay, don't worry. Yeah, we're exactly, this is absolutely fine. This is just, this is just AEW's like, on Thursday. Exactly. It's two hours of my week. It's fine. Zachary T. Robinson, as one of the 40% who voted three out of five by recent Raw standards, this was an average show in that it's consistently a one out of five show, if that makes any sense. Steiner maths. Peanuts on the up. Yeah, I guess it does. Also, yeah, peanuts on the up. Peanuts <laughs> on the up. Judas Macias, the Alexa gimmick is the best thing that Raw has got. Ta Tamina and Naya, second best thing. You guys are just haters and complainers. Anywho, love your show. Have a good day. Love you too. Bye. Well, if if you like them, good for you. I, I think they're the worst. And uh, Anarag says, Reginald main eventing Raw has to be the funniest thing I've seen in a while. I laughed for five minutes straight, which was longer. It's actually twice the length of the AJ Jackson Riker match. That one guy I know said, I feel really bad for Shane. A legit badass turned into a joke. I turned Raw on in time to see the main event. As soon as I saw who was featured, I turned it off. That was less than 30 seconds. You, have in, you a seen story line with Red, in a storyline with Reginald, and she's going to get fed to Alexa Bliss. Have you seen Sean's new gimmick that he's doing on the Fight For uh, podcast? Seeing he's got another late, one. Seeing how late he can tune into Raw and catch up before the end. So... <laughs> He reckons he can tune in an hour and a half after it starts. And with all the commercial breaks and everything, he'll catch up before yeah. the show is actually finished. Uh, Fire Dog Games. Clearly, once this woman feud is over with Reginald, they will debut uh, Blair Davenport on SmackDown. And everyone will just pretend he was never Reginald. Homer Star fan. It was great to see Mike Wozniak. Page oh, we just had that one. Uh, Eddie Cardia said, bless you guys with this Raw. It was awful. Also, you two are making me cry like Chandler from Friends when Ross and Rachel won't get back together. I know you have no trust, mainly Mr. D's fault, but hopefully you can coexist on Quizzle Mania. 
It's on Ali, man. I've been trying to get him to fist bump me uh, and to fist me, bro, for months, and he won't do it. So it's on Ali, not on me. <coughs> Sorry, I'm coming down with a cold. Charles Berg said, "Poor review number five. Got the dog here. One second. Ooh. Dog is. Oh, I nearly renamed it. Dog is here. Uh, Charles Berg. Poor review number five. Jaden, pronounced Jaden, is a super lovable golden retriever who is a better hugger than Bailey. She loves going on swims and having the top of her head scratched. Nickname is Baby J. Cuddle Queen. Riddle versus Woods was great." I am trying to say something mean, but that is a very good boy. Girl. Uh, Nate S. It sounds <laughs> like it was an... I didn't even mean it. <laughs> Nate S. Oh, man. Actually, just before I came on here, I saw this video of um, a guy interviewing Keanu Reeves and being like, are you, um, as before Bill and Ted 3, and was like, are you going to be able to be all right doing the Bill voice again? You're going to be able to get the Bill voice back? Keanu Reeves just paused and goes, I played Ted. Nate S said, sounds like it was an extra horrible roar. So I'm jumping on the bandwagon of sending you doggos. Tagged you on Twitter with a view of my dog. Thanks for reviewing mine. Uh, Luke's rants are quite cathartic and enjoyable. And Zachary T. Robinson, if that darn fool Tempest is competing on Quizzlemania tomorrow, does that make Sully the new fact checker? In all, seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, please make Sully a quiz, uh, Quizzlemania mainstay. He's such a good fit for the show. He could be our Alan Davies. Who's going to be on Taskmaster? Mm, yeah, it's all coming together. Mr. Davis, Army of the Dead is terrible. Oh, it's, it, it fails at being a zombie movie. It oh, fails no. even worse at being a heist movie. <laughs> it is. Did you know that Zack Snyder shot it as well? He's the director of photography. I you can, can you, see how Zack Snyder would want to oh, do that. You are not ready for it, though. You are not ready for Zack Snyder shooting a movie. Do you love shallow depth of field? Because Zack sure does. Every <laughs> single shot. It is. I, I, was, I was getting so mad watching it. And I was like, this is a bad zombie movie. First off the bat, bad zombie movie. There's one good scene in the movie involving zombies, and it's a ripoff of another movie and not done as well. And it's like of a much better movie as well. Like he's ripped off Train to Busan, something fierce, and has done it poorly. And that's probably the best bit of the film. The heist portion of it, I'm not kidding, is about 20 minutes of the film. And it's two and a half hours. Oh, but heisting, uh, you know, just from a script standpoint, requires a bit of thought and setup and plot payoff, you know, because they're quite intricate. That's the joy of a heist. It's like a little mystery box that unravels. Uh, I'm sure Zack Snyder just wanted zombies, zombies, zombies. Oh, they're too slow. Make them run. And the shallow yeah. depth of field. And also, yeah, like the zombies, there are two types of zombies. I'll give you some some sort of like headline spoilers, yeah. perhaps. These aren't like real spoilers for the movie. It's just like a sort of plot point and stuff. There are two types of zombies. There's the shufflers, which are like the sort of zombies you're used to. And then there's the elite zombies. And they're the ones that are in a society and are like, they sort of like have rules and structures and um, com like uh, commands and this, that, and the other. And they are focused on way more than the others. Hmm. Yeah, usually the, the least interesting because the point of a zombie movie is to focus on the humans involved and how they go against 
the so so to so to do that and have just a, essentially another just use a different monster at that point. I say I know, but then you can't like oh I mean and you, I was thinking that I was like why don't you just do why don't you just make up a monster and and put those in there instead? But then you can't call it of the dead, and I think that is what he was trying to because he did Dawn of the Dead, which admittedly is quite a good movie. His first wasn't it? That was the one that that birthed the Snyder. Yeah. Um, also, man, he has got some, like, I make fun of, my wife loves Grey's Anatomy. Absolutely adores Grey's Anatomy. It's her favorite show. It's her favorite show. It's her mum's favorite show. It's her sister's favorite show. The three of them, like, watch it together. And, like, they have, like, you know, they text each other about it and stuff. And when they get together, they kind of, like, I I, I was, like, you know, uh, mockingly referred to as her stories. I was like, are you going to watch your stories today? Because <laughs> she loves Grey's Anatomy. One of my favorite things about Greg's Anatomy, or Greg's Anatomy as I call it, because that also annoys her, is <laughs> that it has got on-the-nose um, music cues. So, like, say someone has got, like, comes in with a broken leg, they will find a song, a popular song, do a slowed-down version of it that features the words legs, or how will I ever walk again, or some on-the-nose music cues. It's like Zack Snyder saw Grey's Anatomy and was like, oh, I could do that, but so much worse. And it is throughout the movie to the point where, and I'm not even joking here, he uses the Cranberries zombie, like an acoustic <sighs> version of it. Yeah. And I just, and I, I said at the start of the movie, Zack Snyder feels like the sort of person, because they, they had like um, an acoustic version of Bad Moon Rising just before like they all go into the thing. Because, you know, trouble's on the way. Um, and uh, I said, Zack Snyder, like, to me, is the sort of person that would use the cranberry zombie and not have a clue what the song is actually about. Mm. And then lo and friggin' behold, the song <laughs> crops up right at the end of the film. And I was like, you have got to be joking me. That man has zero idea what that song is about and has just used it because it says the word zombie in it. Did you just Billy Kay that? You have got <laughs> to be joking me. I was so mad at the end of it. I mean, my and my wife just had one like on this absolute terror of just being like, why did they do this? What was the <laughs> point of this? Because there's so much stuff that's set up and none of it's ever paid off. And like, there's even he even does sequels. a check off gun. Say again. Well, maybe that's sequels. I'll pay off well, them. Uh, I, I no, not that, but not the sort of things. Because it's set up to be paid. It's set up no. to be paid off in this movie. Mm. Um, there's even. Uh, he does a Chekhov's gun. He does multiple Chekhov's guns and then never pulls the trigger on them. <laughs> and so you're like, so at the end of it, you're like, well, what was the point, Zach? What was the point in setting all of that up? There is a Japanese table still set up from Akada Omega 3. <laughs> and it's one of the greatest red herrings of all time. Are you, are you telling me you can't deal with a few red herrings? Oh, but these aren't red herrings. These are not red herrings. These are just ideas that were written down into a script and then forgotten about by the time we got to the end of the script. And because it wasn't redrafted, oh, mate, uh, the second to bring draft's hard. The second draft's hard. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sign off the first one. And you don't have to I'm, go back and reread it. It's, it's I awful. Would say, I would say this as my final thoughts on Army of the Day, because I do want uh, you to see it, and I, I would like to get some thoughts mm -hmm. from you about the film as well, is that the backlash match is befitting of uh the quality of what they were promoting okay wow oh, that's that is damning do they yeah. say the do they say the you know the, the z word thing? the mm. z word 
oh, a lot all the time. Oh very no, up, very upfront about it. These are zombies. All like all the live long oh, day. No. They say it. Okay, so uh, I just went on to to Letterboxd. It's got an average rating of two point eight out of five, which way is way too high. Some people really enjoyed high. it. Some people like I've seen people on Twitter absolutely loved it. Hamo eight zero four. A lot of stuff makes absolutely zero sense, but still a great action zombie flick. I disagree. Do you know why I disagree, Davis? <clears throat> I'm not done with the the review. Oh, Think of it more of a video game than a movie, and you'll have a better time, Luke. Th that's your mistake. You're judging it by the medium the the, the medium it's in. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, my mistake. You're absolutely right. I I know a lot of people have very much enjoyed the action. I didn't enjoy the action because there was absolutely zero peril to it. Because like Dave just mows down zombies like a hundred at a time. So like, mm. well, cool. They're 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 not a threat whatsoever. So while you know it is lovely and cool in slow motion, it doesn't mean anything. Five stars from Johnny Boy 60. Yes, I will be in the sequel with Dave Batista, and he is still going to be even badder next time. Uh, I like this shift from Snyder and hope he continues in this direction. It's the same. It is every Snyder movie you've ever seen. A lot of people, the only negative they have is the length of the film. Two and, oh, and a half not, hours. Does not need to be two and a half hours. Oh boy, howdy, can you cut 45 minutes out of that film easily? One crazy ass Call of Duty campaign against zombies with feelings. Oh, get out. <laughs> Absolutely get out with feelings. Uh, smart zombies didn't piss me off nearly as much as dumb humans, but still two and a half stars <laughs> they gave it. I'll be. I mean, in fairness, I gave it two stars on Letterboxd because Dave's great in it. Dave, Dave, uh, got, Dave gave it two stars. Well, what sort of Dave stars. is he doing? Because Dave is like you know a, a very very rare beast in that he is a he's a guy who looks the way he looks, you know, which is very physically impressive. Yet also a character actor, which is very hard to do because well, he you know everything about him screams you're a star. You play the same role essentially, but he doesn't. So what does he do here? Well, you see, Dave has got a great character quirk. He's he's latched on to something about this is what... And I feel like this is a Dave edition as well. Oh, I like, bet, yeah. Yeah, here is what my character is. Because his character wears glasses, like little tiny glasses. And he keeps <laughs> them on a little rope around his neck. Mm -hmm. Like an old person would. That's Dave's character. Right. I thought you were going to go for something a bit more inspired. But that is also <laughs> his character in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, he's yeah. a big guy, but he's got these tiny little glasses. Tiny little glasses, and <laughs> I'm also a robot. <laughs> well, he's not a robot this time. Also, yeah, like because Zack Snyder shoots things so poorly and he doesn't know how to light things very well. There's a moment when, um, like, there's this like blue flash when Dave gets a headshot on one of the zombies. My wife went, oh, "They're robots." And <laughs> and we thought there was going to be this big reveal that they were actually robots, and it was like that oh, would no, be cool, just... like Westworld. Yeah, right. But no, it's just um, it was just a bad lighting effect. I see. I disagree. I think Zack Snyder is getting the exact aesthetic effects he desires. So oh, it's yeah, not no, that he's not good at yeah, lighting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. just got a very 
you know, Zack Snydery style. I'll, and it's I'll, not I'll one that I that, like. I'll mm. walk that back, yeah. Zack Snyder shoots things in a way that I don't like. Um, so he's very good at doing it, but I very much don't like it. And that shallow yeah. depth of field can piss off. Because it was just like, as soon as like, because my wife was like, this film is really out of focus. I was like, yeah, it really is, isn't it? Apart from anything that's right in the foregrounds. And then I was like, oh no, it's a choice. Oh no, it's in every <laughs> shot. Oh no, it's the whole film. Damn. <laughs> two and a half hours, two stars. Dave is great. Those are my I'll still watch and it. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. But that's all we've got time for on this edition of the Rustle Podcast. I've got to go and make myself a squash before we go live because my throat is hurting. Oh, I've got to mate. talk about Raw yet. Uh, take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.